0: Pop 45, our tribute to Dee Dee Ramone. Sweet. Welcome back to Pop. I'm Ken Mills, one of your hosts here today. And today we're doing a very special episode. Today I'm joined by Craig Cohen. Welcome to Pop, sir.
1: Oh, thank you, Ken. It's always a pleasure to uh, to hop on and chat with you.
0: Now, you and I, we both really love the Ramones. Great band. They are seriously American punk for all intents and purposes. They typify it, correct? I,
1: I would I would say so, and I would argue that. I would also say they're probably one of the top five greatest American rock bands of all time.
0: Agreed. But it's also kind of bizarre in the sense, uh, like we were talking a little bit about this off mic, but the Ramones, to me, as much as they're a great American success story, they're also uh, a great American tragedy, right?
1: Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah.
0: I mean, a lot of people would trade, you know, body parts to have the career that the Ramones had, but sadly... It's like the old line that a prophet's never appreciated in his own hometown, right? And it's weird because the Ramones could go anywhere in the world and play huge venues, but in their own state, it was like a ghost town, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, they played the same clubs and theaters um, in 1978 that they played in 1988 here in the States.
0: Mm -hmm. There's what I'm going to call Hot Topic or Spencer Shirts, Like, for example, there's just this certain cadre of bands that you will see people wearing their shirts, but you don't necessarily see them buying their music. And if they do buy their music, it's nothing beyond a greatest hitch, usually, right? Like, for example, Mm -hmm. we have the Ramones, we have Motorhead, and the Doors, while beloved in classic rock, there are some people who are more into the cult of Jim Morrison, or the logo of the Ramones, or the Misfits is another band, that mm-hmm. if, if you see the merchandising, you would think, wow, these guys are huge. But sadly, it didn't always translate into sales of album and attendance, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where you can say, wow, they had such great art direction behind them and uh you know the art director d- did their job and the, the Ramones had a dedicated one uh, Arturo Vega mm-hmm. um you know but you know sometimes a, a a cool shirt doesn't translate to wanting to buy the album and it's it, it's weird because it kept me from from wearing Ramones shirts for a really long time because right you, you don't want to look like that poser you know
0: yeah however you get turned on to the Ramones we're just glad that you do right For some people, it was maybe seeing Circus Magazine or Cream Magazine back in the day. I know that that was one of my entry ways into it, because I know that when punk first happened, I remember the the, uh, news media trying to sell us on what punk was, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because this was uh, spitting on people, razor blades, safety pins, and uh, do you remember anything from those times?
1: Not really. I mean, I know we're, we're a couple of years apart.
0: That's a nice way of saying I'm an old bastard.
1: <laughs> well, I'm getting there too, Ken. You know, I was more probably like the post end of the century exposure. And a lot of my exposure was, you know, I lived in the Northeast. Howard Stern was really big regionally at that mm-hmm. point And the Ramones used to be on Howard Stern all the time. So it's funny because I didn't get into the Ramones until it, a, a lot later than I should have. And, but I knew everything about them because of the media exposure they had, you know, through Howard Stern and, and New, they were New York bands. So living in New Jersey, you would see the local, you know, Uncle Floyd show and, mm-hmm. um, Howard Stern and, and all that kind of stuff. So it it, it was weird because, like I said, it took me a, a, a long time after that to get on board with the music, you know. Uh, so the, the thing I really think, and I'm sorry. my my dogs are going nuts
0: that's okay your dogs are translating for other dogs
1: one of my dogs is actually named um he's actually a ramon it's frankie ramon Ah. (laughs) but i think the other thing is you know like with the punk uh, attitude and style is you know they wore that stuff off stage and on stage
0: right that was their uniform like kiss at least got to take the uniform off occasionally
2: these (laughs) guys were
0: stuck you know what i mean There was no confusing them when they came into town. It was just kind of bizarre. But it's weird because you look at the origins of punk or what became punk. There was everything from punk to what became new wave to power pop and things like that. But punk really, when we look at critical success for punk, it's always the Sex Pistols, right? Yeah. And I've always felt that that was kind of a, a red herring in a sense because... I look at two other bands as being more punk than the Sex Pistols, and that's The Clash and The Ramones, right? And I think that if it weren't for The Ramones, kind of breaking down some walls, you might not have had that big of a splash over on the UK side of things. What are your thoughts?
1: No, it's totally true. The Ramones played um, London on a July 4th, I want to say 1976, And that's what brought punk to the UK. Mm -hmm. You know, after that, that's when, you know, the guys in the clash decided to become the clash. And, you know, that's when the seeds of the the sex pistols were sowed. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's when punk really came to the UK. It took the, you know, the Ramones bringing it there. And that was a trend that happened. You know, the Ramones go and play DC and then all of a sudden you've got bad brains. Yeah. It was like everywhere they went and that was part of their appeal it was that whole do it yourself attitude where they would show up in your city in a van they would play an amazingly fast catchy set in 35 minutes and then they'd leave and these kids would look at each other and say wow this is it it's amazing it 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 made me feel you know a way i haven't felt at a rock yeah at a rock show and it also looks like you know these look like you know i look like these guys i can do this whereas mm-hmm. you know Nobody went and saw, I think, Joe Perry and, and, and Steven Tyler and Aerosmith and, and said, yeah, I can be those guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit harder to reach. And now we should mention that birds are now uh, translating what you're saying. So eventually this is going to be like the Sgt. Pepper's album where <laughs> all the birds and animals and giraffes and everything are going to come herding through here.
1: I probably have the worst studio for podcasting now with this, you know, menagerie of animals. I was going to
0: say it's literally a <laughs> menagerie. So, lizards are relatively, they really don't make a lot of sound, so maybe
1: that's... The don't give thing. my wife any, hint, okay. any hints, because she's been asking for a, a lizard. Oh, okay. I'll
0: bet she has. <laughs> so, anyway, there's uh, the Beatles connection
1: with yeah. the Ramones, right? The actual Ramon in Ramones.
0: Yeah, and uh, for people who don't know that story, Paul McCartney once fancied himself as being Paul Ramon because he wanted to come off as kind of romantic, you know, like a Tony Curtis kind of a character or something. So, Paul McCartney, instead of keeping his name of McCartney, he was going to become Paul Ramon. And Dee uh, Dee actually is the one who said we should name ourselves the Ramones, correct? It all ties together. There's actually a documentary where the Clash talk about sneaking up the side of a building to get in to see the Ramones, and that was a very cool story. You know, it it just it just shows how all of this came to be about a little bit more. But the there's there's what the media told us punk was, and then there what it actually was. Right, it was really just. A cleansing of what had become what they called dinosaur rock at the time. it was just everything became too big, too much
1: yeah, well, and then you also had Prague too, which you know as as great as you know some of that Prague music is, it was just like you'd got these meandering solos and really, really intricate um musical sections, so yeah, and I, I know at least from the Ramones approach, it was more just stripping all that down and getting back to the core of what a rock song is and that's where their roots to the music from the you know 50s and 60s
0: yeah the ramones really were amped up 50s and 60s pop and rock right and i remember when you know punk was something that you only saw in the news and then you, like, had to hide it from your family, you know what I mean? It's like, they, I don't want them thinking I'm spitting on people and stuff like that. Or I got razor blades on me, under my tongue. But I remember when the Ramones were on Sean on Awe, because Sean on Awe, for those who don't know, had a, a variety show. It was a half an hour long or so. And uh, they had all sorts of oldies acts and current bands. But they were able to get the Ramones. And that was such a shock for all of us kids to see the Ramones in this setting of like a throwback oldies kind of a group. And I, my mom never really had a chance to listen to them, but when they played, she said, well, that's just Chuck Berry turned up. Right. That's all that is. And, and she, she recognized the junka a junk, a junk, you know, and boom. And there it was for her. So it made sense. And, uh, Then, of course, there was Rock and Roll High School, the movie, and I think that that might have been a bit of a career mistake in some ways, because I think that it took away some of their progression, some of their, um, as far as building a reputation, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and and the thing is, the frustrating thing about the Ramones is they put out four great albums right out of the gate, which... How many bands can you say did that? You know, they did the self-titled album and then Leave Home, Rocket to Russia. Tommy left, Marky came in and they did Road to Rune and then that's around the time that they did Rock and Roll High School, the movie. And it was just it was an attempt to try and get that exposure that they needed because for whatever reason they just couldn't get played on the radio as, as weird as that sounds. And, you know, they, that's when they sort of entered that phase where they just tried anything, you know, they would, they made the album end of the century with Phil Spector mm-hmm. and then they went through a, you know, sort of a, a rotating amount of producers, you know, just trying to get, uh, trying to find something that worked. And, mm-hmm. uh, that's the frustrating thing about their career is like any other band puts out rocket to Russia, you know, they should be the biggest band in the world.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed. But it was uh, an interesting time to come up because you had, you know, radio didn't know what to do with them. Right. It wasn't the Eagles. It wasn't Fleetwood Mac. It wasn't foreigner. It wasn't the Bee Gees. It just didn't make much sense. And all of a sudden you've got that, you've got the cars, you've got the talking heads, you've got Blondie.
1: Mm-hmm. They all came out of that same scene, yeah.
0: Exactly. So thank God for that, because uh, where would music be without all of them? And in a weird twist of fate, as we are recording this, Mike Love of the Beach Boys unveiled his new single, a cover of the Ramones' "Rockaway Beach."
1: Yes, worlds collide finally, and it and it, it's uh, really cool. Really cool to uh, to you know see the tease for it, and then uh, you know the next day get the song. And then uh, even a couple nights ago, Marky actually performed it with Mike at a show in New York.
0: Mm-hmm. Rockaway Beach is the first single from Mike Love's upcoming solo album, 12 Sides of Summer, which will be released on July 19th and feature his version of classics like The Beatles' Here Comes the Sun, new interpretation of Beach Boys' classic like Surf and Safari, and other new songs. But it's interesting... But it's kind of natural that Mike Love would wind up singing the Ramones Rockaway Beach. I mean, the Ramones did Warm California Sun. Not that that's a Beach Boys song, but it definitely typifies that Beach Boys experience, that California Sun experience, right?
1: Oh, yeah, totally. And they also did Do You Want to Dance, which the Beach Boys also covered. So they were always in the same lane musically. But, you know, maybe the Beach Boys were in the right lane sort of just cruising and the Ramones were in the left lane. You know,
0: (laughs) the Ramones were driving one way down a wrong way street and just
1: get the fuck out of our way. Right. So, but it's cool. I mean, Mike Love is, you know, he's almost 80 years old, so his voice isn't what it used to be. Right. But I know we we talked about this on a thread on pop, you know, the, the arrangement and the background vocals. It sounds great. And, you know, you know, you have to get past the fact that, you know, Mike Love's voice isn't what it is, but. They didn't need to change too much to make it fit Mike Love. Oh, no. It... And that's a testament to what a great song it is. Right. Well, let's check
0: this out. It's Rockaway Beach by Mike Love. One, two, three, go!
2: Chewing out a
0: rhythm on my bubble gum The sun is out and I want some
2: It's not pop- we can rock away ride to Rockaway Beach Rock, rock, Rockaway Beach Rock, rock, Rockaway Beach Rock, rock, Rockaway Beach We can hit your ride to Rockaway Beach
0: Up on the roof, out on the street Down on the playground, the hot concrete Bus ride is
2: too slow the glass, stop the disco on the radio. Rock, rock, rock away. Rock, rock, rock away.
0: So there you go. It's weird how things come around and what goes around. And it just shows how much, not only are the Beach Boys part of pop culture, but the Ramones, one thing that was once punk is now in everybody's household. It might as well be on the box of the cereal, you know, that you you get Ramones cereal, Ramone flakes, right? <laughs> yeah. With actual Joey dandruff hair, it would be wonderful. <laughs> actual dandruff from Joey's hair. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, today we're doing something really special and you came up with this concept and you put this together. You kind of produced this. Just as Christine produced the Shazam episode, you're producing this episode of Pop. I want you to introduce the reason for doing this and why we wanted to do this.
1: All right. Excellent. So, like I said earlier, you know, I the, I got into the Ramones a little later than I should have and one of my missions after I became a fan, you know, much like, you know, some religions, you know, you just want to s- spread the word. Mm-hmm. And uh, my goal is to just keep the the music and the, uh, the mainly the music of the Ramones uh, alive and out there. And there's, you know, a lot of former Ramones still with us that are out on the road. You've got Richie and Marky and, and CJ all active and touring and, and um, bringing the music around the world, which is great. Um, so I think about the Ramones a lot, you know, I know we're both monkeys fans and, um, uh, you know, they're a part of our lives and much like the, you know, the monkeys and Peter Tork, who we lost recently, who I still think about every day. Um, I still think about the Ramones every day and Dee Dee in particular, because, you know, the other three original Ramones, we lost to cancer. There's not really much you can do about that except get the treatment, right? Mm-hmm. But You know, Dee Dee, we lost through a drug overdose, and he was a a lifetime addict. And I listened to the music, and you listen to the lyrics of Dee Dee's songs, and you hear, you know who Dee Dee is. You know, he really wore his heart on his sleeve, um, and he wrote really simple songs that had complex messages. And so I saw that the anniversary of Dee Dee's passing was coming up, and I realized that for a lot of people, Dee Dee was only a Ramon and he left the Ramones in 1989 and made music up until, uh, he, when he died in 2002. So my intent was sort of just to compile uh, a little timeline of Dee Dee's life right at the end of the Ramones, you know, through their rock and roll hall of fame acceptance speech. And, um, it came together real naturally. Um, Thankfully, there's a lot of stuff that we have access to online, video clips, interviews, um, and he left behind some great music for us. So I just threw that together, and then that's when I called you up and said, hey, can you be the ve- the vehicle for this?
0: <laughs> and, you know, it's important to take a look beyond just what we know something as, right? Like, for example, go a little bit deeper. You're going to go really deep in this. I, I listened to what you did here. And it's not everybody's cup of tea, right?
1: Yeah. You know, as, as rough as the Ramones could sound to some people and that punk sound can sound, Dee Dee took it to a whole nother do-it-yourself level when he went out on his own. And he kept trying to challenge himself. And sometimes you know he didn't have the money to do what he needed to do so some of the stuff sounds really rough but if you really listen to the to the essence of the song you can still hear the the core there and you know what made him such a brilliant songwriter and such a a great lyricist
0: he really was the punk i mean as much as sid vicious might get for being what we think of as a punk i mean if you look at it sid vicious was just stoned immaculate waste right Oh, yeah. And then you've got like Joe Strummer, who was more politically active. Dee Dee was just right to your face, man. He's a punk. He is what he is. And he counted it off. And how many people are famous for just counting off a song? I mean, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So, Dee Dee Ramon, Douglas Glenn Colvin, was born on September 18th, 1951. And we lost him on June 5th, 2002. We dedicate this episode to him and we're going to have him count off our tribute to Didi Ramon. Take it away, DeeDee.
3: I did some silly things, maybe, you know, um, but so what, you know, like I didn't hurt anybody. Got came out with that album and he would say what time is it it's Gucci time you know I understood that it's rising above oppression you know a negro being able to buy a Gucci watch great you know I'm a negro too I felt the same excitement when I could buy a Gucci watch and spend a lot of money like an outlaw I don't think it it was worth fighting over. It wasn't so good anyway, the album, you know? I, was, I couldn't do rap, I was trying. I don't know how, I'm not good enough to know. I don't, you know, I'm not a negro or something. I don't know what it is, I just can't do it. I wanted to.
4: Just one minute, there's big trouble, and you're in it. Your
5: wife's at the ritz with another guy, she's been drinking. We think she's pretty.
6: months ago or something like that after the last Ramones tour I left the group and um you know it was a hard decision to make because I, I always loved playing live with the Ramones but uh you know I had to kind of like go my own way and um, like stick up for myself and do what I wanted to do they're freaked out you know like um at first they didn't believe it, they thought I was just going through a midlife crisis, that I'd be
0: back. He won't be though, and the traditional artistic differences aren't the only reason why. Finally clean and sober after years of drug and alcohol problems, Dee, Dee felt that his
3: hard-won sobriety was being endangered by the Ramones' relentless roadwork. The Ramones
6: always protracted like People who were heavy into drugs and stuff, and uh, the people that come around—you know—it's a nightmare. And um, somehow, a couple of them will always get backstage, and there it is. And uh, sometimes I just hung in there by the skin of my teeth. And uh, you know, I needed a break. You know, I had to get off the road. And um, they just kept on getting booked and booked, and one commitment after the other. you know, finally, I just had to make a decision. It was like either that or break my sobriety. And, um, you know, I chose to not break my sobriety. I wish them the best of luck, you know. And I think they'll be okay. Because, like, a lot of the people that go see the Ramones, like, just heard of them, you know. Like, they, the Ramones seem
3: to be at their peak of their popularity. Now, D.D. is
0: concentrating on his own
3: band called Strength, a rap and roll act whose debut album will be very much in the mold of the
0: solo LP he recorded earlier this year as D.D. King. One track on the new album is a rap reworking of the Jimi Hendrix classic Foxy Lady, with backup by one of D.D.'s oldest
1: friends from the original New York punk scene.
6: We work with Deborah Harry on it. She does the female vocals on the chorus, and she sings to me in French, and, um, I do a rap over it, we don't use the Foxy Lady Hendrix lyrics, but we sample his guitar. You know, like the Ramones are to me uh, just like in the past now, you know, and um, they aren't to a lot of people, you know, a lot of people love the Ramones, but uh, to me it is history. drugs or anything um i have to go be you know under like a doctor's care all the time because of what i did to myself and i did it out of ignorance and i wouldn't want to see anyone else do it it's just you know you're sentencing yourself to a life of misery and slavery and um Somehow I've been one of the luckier people. I'm almost 40 and I'm still alive and it doesn't make sense. And I want to keep living, you know. So I'm going to try and keep out of trouble. And um, it seems to be a lot easier to do for me now than it used to. I'm like um, more aware of a lot of things, you know. When I was like a rock star, as long as I was, it was like a real fantasy type existence it didn't have anything to do with reality and um i fell for it and i just fell for the illusion and i had no way to judge things you know and i always got away with murder Plan what I'm going to do. I don't want to be structured. Now I have a you know a, a general like Ramones type arrangement for any song I play, but I don't stick to that. You know? um, it, it is definitely the most comforting way to approach it. I feel very secure, but that's I'm trying to go beyond that. My own way, my you know little way with my limited way I can. That's what I'm trying to do.
2: Oh, please. Yes,
6: I drank about four pots of coffee already this morning. Yes, I love coffee. <laughs> coffee and cigarettes in the morning. Yes,
4: and the newspaper, you like newspaper or you like books in the
6: morning? No, no I, I don't read the newspaper. It, it, in New York the newspaper is just, it frightens me too much. You know, like um, every every article in the morning you wake up there's, there's some more horrible murders, you know, like someone goes crazy with an axe in the subway and chops up four people, you know, and I just don't want to read about it, you know, or, or the government is corrupt, or uh, the subways are on strike, or... Mm-hmm. I just get up in the morning, and I, yeah. I, uh, I, I sit down with my coffee, and I listen to K-Rock,
0: Last, tell us one thing the world does not know about Dee, Dee <laughs>
3: <laughs> Wow, Dee Dee, that's a whole book. Uh, Dee Dee was a whirlwind hurricane. Uh, Dee Dee would say something in front of five people, and you would never think in a million years that, that he would say it. Uh, there's, there were a few incid- incidences that happened that I, I was stunned. And uh, he was very unpredictable. But the best songwriter we ever had, I mean, the guy had a very vivid childlike imagination. When you read his books, you see that his, his biographies about him and his writing, they're not, they're, not, they're not, I'm not saying truthful, they're just colored uh, with a lot of exaggeration, uh, which makes him a great songwriter.
4: There'll never be another Dee Dee, ever, ever. He is the original. He's the guy who wrote the book on being a punk. He's the guy.
5: Hi, I'm Dee Dee Ramon.
3: And I'd like to congratulate myself and thank myself and give myself a big pat on the back.
0: Thank you, Dee Dee. You're very wonderful. I love you.
5: Thank you.
0: And that was POP's tribute to Didi Dee Dee Ramon. Thank you, Craig Cohn, for producing that segment for us. And we just appreciate it. And we, we hope that we've turned you on to something new. Maybe you've never heard anything by Didi Dee Dee Ramon. Well, today you had a chance. It's Look at it as a Didi Dee Dee Whitman sampler,
1: right? <laughs> yes. And thank you for, uh, for, for allowing me the platform to do this, Ken.
0: Well, you are part of our staff here and come back and do more with us. As a matter of fact, you and I will be at the Nashville Rock and Pod with Christine the Button Queen, Matt Porter, Gary Schaller, a who's who of our little podcasting world, Anthony Porter. So many people are going to be there. It's going to be a blast. Brian Cramp, Tracy Yashulis, so many cool people that have been part of not only this show, but all the shows
1: that we do. Lee McCormick. Yes,
0: Lee. Arfonzi.
1: <laughs> yes, you know. uh, I'm looking forward to it, Ken, because... Um... As we as we know, I missed the first two Rock and pods. so this was a, a a case where I said when they it, when they do Rock and Pod three, nothing is going to keep me from going.
0: Right, like all great trilogies, this is the third one, right? This is where it really goes off the rails. <laughs> Wait until you meet Lee McCormick. I'm telling you, everything you've ever thought, it's all true. <laughs> it is all true. So, oh. and. Uh, going to be a great time. Come out there August 10th, Nashville. Come hang out with us. There's a concert the night before, something going on Sunday as well. Come on out, hang out with us. It's a great ticket. See you there. And uh, a bunch of rock stars are going to be there too, not just us. So, hey, we're pretty much rock stars at this point, right? (laughs) Yeah. we want to thank you for listening to pop today. We will be back very soon. We're going to talk about AP bio speaking of the Ramones because they did the theme song, right? Yeah. The show recently was announced that it's canceled, but we'll see what we can do about that. Hopefully we can get that turned around, but Christine, the button queen and myself, will be back on the next episode of pop. We want to thank you for listening today and Craig, you want to tell people where they can hear your other shows.
1: Um, yeah, I'm not as active as as some of the other shows, but uh, the main program we have is the Slycast, which is a cinematic journey through Sylvester Stallone's career. And what we do is we go through every film from uh, the beginning of his career to uh, right up to current day, and we talk about the movies, but also what was going on in his life around that time. So uh, we're in the mid '90s right now, so there's a lot of interesting films to cover.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, I didn't think there was that much to talk about as far as a dedicated Sylvester Stallone podcast, but I'm telling you folks, it's worth checking out. So check out the Slycast. There awesome. will be links in the show notes. Don't forget to find us on Twitter at PopStaffTweets. Find us on Facebook, and we will see you all in the next episode of Pop. I say see ya, Craig.
1: See ya, Craig. And that's
0: our show. Pop is an online, non-profit pop culture audio fanzine made for fans by fans. Any samples of music, TV, or movies heard here remain the property of their owners. POP, a pop culture podcast, is not affiliated with any products we review or discuss. Opinions heard here belong to the people who express them and may not reflect the views of the POP staff. If you like something that you heard, buy it at your local record, video, or bookstores, or wherever POP is found. If you enjoy the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thanks for listening, and until next time, I'm your announcer, Christine Wolf, saying whatever you do, make sure it pops. Say goodnight, Dick. Hey, Ken. <laughs>
1: um, the dogs are a little, um... I don't care. Okay, and, uh... The birds are awake as well, so if they get too noisy I can I can put them to sleep.
0: Fuck the birds.
1: I know. I oh, never just... really liked Roger McGwinn anyway. <laughs>